The fight for the vote continues. The Trump administration does score a victory indirectly in a court, but it's looking like it's a little too little too late. Trump is going to make it so that Americans get the China virus vaccine before the citizens of other countries. This, to the much of the chagrin of the globalist Joe Biden, uh, we need a law that says we have to be alive to vote. Yep, that's a thing. And the little green men made me talk about this. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, this is Gene. Welcome back. I took yesterday off. Uh, couldn't finish my script in time, so here we go. Uh, but the first thing we need to do is we need to talk about the death of Chuck Yeager, famed pilot, um, a pioneer in aviation. He died yesterday at 97. He became the first person to break the sound barrier when he flew his Bell X-1 rocket 700 miles an hour in October of 1947. Um, This is one of the first times people... This was actually a precursor to men flying in rockets and how men could handle flying in rockets flying 700 miles an hour. Now we have planes that do three times that speed, which is really amazing. He was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom uh, by Ronald Reagan in 1985. In 1941, he enlisted in the Army Air Corps, uh, and within two years was flying combat missions in England against Nazi Germany. 1944, he was shot down over France uh, while he was aiding the French resistance. Also in 1944, he was credited for shooting down four planes in one day on two separate occasions. Now, that is amazing to do that in one day. Jaeger also flew combat missions while um, in Korea and the Vietnam Wars. Uh, This guy was an American hero. Godspeed to a true American hero whose work actually got us into space. So, God bless Chuck Yeager. So, there was a small win this weekend, um, but unfortunately, I think the window is closing on Donald Trump's uh, chances of retaining the presidency. A Michigan judge is allowing the forensic investigation of 22 Dominion voting vote tabulation machines in Atrum County uh, amid claims that the votes were compromised. Now, Atrum County is in... Uh, Pennsylvania. Jenna Ellis, a Trump campaign attorney, said, quote, our team is going to be able to go in this morning at about 8.30 and will there be, will be there for about eight hours to conduct a forensic examination and we'll have the results within about 48 hours and that'll tell us a lot about these machines. Rudy Giuliani, also thrilled about it, he tweeted, Big win for the honest elections. Interim county judge in Michigan orders forensic examination of 22 Dominion voting machines. This is where the untrustworthy Dominion machine flipped 6,000 votes from Trump to Biden. Spiking of votes by Dominion happened all over the state. Okay, so the order came from Judge uh, Kevin Elsenheimer, and it stems from a challenge from a voter, William Bailey. Now, again, this challenge was not by the Trump campaign legal team. This was an individual. And it had nothing to do 
with the actual presidential election election it had to do when this guy noticed that ballots were damaged and the vote for uh, marijuana for uh, legalizing of marijuana narrowly passed and he actually thought that that bill should not have passed so that's what he was doing um so this has nothing to do with the presidential race but this could be used by the Trump campaign to show that these Dominion voting machines are actually not accurate. They're, they've got some major issues. Now, don't forget, these, vine- these Dominion voting machines, a lot of Republic, a lot of states did not want them because they were inaccurate. Uh, they were hackable. They were connected to the Internet. All of this stuff happened in this election cycle. Um, also, the corruption that Sidney Powell was bitching about is part of this whole thing. Though Sidney Powell, that whole that Kraken garbage, she's been yelling about this Kraken, and Sidney Powell has yet to actually win a case. So this this is about as good a opportunity as the Trump campaign has actually seen. Now listen, I don't know if the Trump's legal team is going to be able to pull this off. My mind tells me that they're not going to be able to. There is a ton of voter irregularity, voter fraud. Thousands of people were dead when when they uh, were dead when they voted. We're going to get into that in a few minutes. The problem is this is on such a massive scale that it's hard to prove that even in the states, it's hard to prove that all this combined would have changed the elections within a state, and that's. Uh, were there voting irregularities? Was there fraud? Yes, definitely. They've proven them. They've proven it. Uh, the problem is, is there enough evidence that actually sits back and says, okay, hey, newsflash, we need to overturn an election. I just don't know if that's going to happen. If anything gets out of this, it's going to be that we can't run our elections like we did this time. I mean, I've never seen an election this bad. Even the election in 1980 was concentrated on one, or 1980, excuse me, in 2000 between Bush-Gore. That was concentrated on one state. This here is 10, 15 states. And the reality is we probably had problems in a bunch of other states. California, for example. I don't think California has actually had a legitimate election since 2000. California has just been that bad. Um, how do we, but the big, the big aspect that tells us that this election was corrupt is how the media is treating it. The media is treating it like, oh, this has been the cleanest election in world history. That's not true. That's not true. And them screaming that there is no evidence. There's actually a lot of evidence. And at worst, at best, um, or worse, depending on how you look at it, if you're a Democrat, uh, you're going to have to sit back and you're going to have to fix this election. The mail-in, and we've talked about this, mail-in balloting, ballot harvesting, uh, all that stuff's got to go away. Hopefully after, well, we'll have to see what's going to happen because now the Dems, I think, are honestly seeing this as a way to make sure they never lose an election again. Now, I know President Trump has been telling people that he will win the, the presidency, even though he seems to be down by quite a bit. But 
you can tell he is taking steps to deal with some important things before he smoothly transitions out of office. So President Trump, though he thinks he could he could still win, is beginning to realize, okay, I still got president for six weeks, so there are some steps that I need to take before I leave office. Uh, he's taken this week two steps that are really going to give Joe Biden a headache when he jumps into if he jumps into office. Now let me not be negative here. My dad t- says don't be a negative Nancy. Something's coming. Something's it still could, but I, I'm I'm not being a negative Nancy. I think I'm being more realistic than anything else. The first thing Trump said is uh, did was sign an executive order that states that the China virus vaccine that was made in the United States by three different American companies should first be uh, first be available to American citizens before they're actually shipped out of country. A Trump official said, quote, the priority is to make sure we distribute these vaccines to Americans before we start shipping them around the world to get international access, end quote. The executive order uh, comes in contrast to what Biden's coronavirus advisor, Dr. Zeke Emanuel, has proposed doing which is to give the vaccine to other nations before all Americans have the opportunity to receive it. Fox News reported, quote, Emmanuel, who served as a key architect of the Affordable Care Act under the Obama administration, co-authored a paper in September in which he encouraged officials to follow the, quote, fair, model, fair priority model, end quote, which calls for a fair international distribution of the vaccine. Rather, Quote, rather than what he and his co-authors characterized as vaccine nationalism, Jesus Christ, the model allows the country that produces the vaccine to hold onto enough supply to keep the transmission rate below 1%, but says that beyond that, the vaccine should be distributed internationally. That means giving away or selling doses of the vaccine before it's available to every citizen in that country. Emmanuel explained to Amer- Scientific American. Now, I do want to make sure you remember this idiot. Zeke Emanuel is the one that said that no one over 75 should receive uh, life-saving help, including vaccines, because they do not provide anything to society after about 70. How very Marxist of him. But this is Joe Biden's guy. The problem is this executive order is actually going to put uh, Joe Biden in a very uncomfortable position. Contrary to what his people think, Biden is not a lover of what people think. Biden is not a lover of the United States. He's a globalist and has directly said that several times in his criticism of Trump when Trump talks about his America first agenda. He worries about what other countries think of us and not about the people of our country, of this country. The media really screwed us on this. A nationalist is considered a racist because the media always confuse this with white nationalists. Instead of seeing being seen as America first philosophy, a nationalist just means you believe in this country and you believe this country should get all the benefits that it actually deserves. A globalist is seen as a peacemaker, though it is closer to a communist. It means that our country is not a country. Our country is part of the world community. Here's a newsflash. 
Other countries don't give a shit about us. All right? China doesn't give a shit about us. They want us to be globalists so that we can give them crap. France wants us to be a globalist. France is one of the most nationalist countries on the face of the earth. So is China. But they want us to be globalists so they can they can take advantages of the United States and yet not give anything out. This, this Paris Climate Accord that Joe Biden says we've got to jump into is an example of a globalist policy where the United States says, hey, we're going to cut 30% of our whatever, 30% of our uh, carbon uh, footprint. Meanwhile, other countries, oh yeah, yeah, we'll cut 10%, but nothing's going to happen to us if we do, if we don't. It's just absolutely asinine. But Trump really throws a wrench by this executive order. Professor Jonathan Turley, who's no friend of Trump, he's a Democrat. I don't know if he's a Democrat anymore, uh, said the decision to revoke Trump's executive order could be a disaster. Quote, Biden would need to rescind the executive order, which would present serious political issues. The issue could also play badly for Democrats in the Georgia races. Like the special counsel appointment, this could prove positively Machiavellian. The order could also raise some interesting legal issues as these companies take foreign orders. There are transnational companies with cooperative agreements. This could present conflicts if the U.S. demands not just an American first position in distribution of production. But Trump went further. Um, further, that was only one. The Trump administration has recently accelerated the p pace of federal executions, planning to put five inmates to death before Inauguration Day. According to the Associated Press, and this is just crappy, this is crappy uh, news uh, journalism here. President J Donald J. Trump would cement his legacy as the most prolific execution president in over 130 years. I'm pretty sure President Trump will be remembered as more than the execution president, but whatever. Forget about his economy. Forget about jobless being lower, lowest since the 1960s. Forget about peace treaties between three, maybe four countries in the Middle East. Forget about um, uh, putting Iran and North Korea at bay. I Forget about all that. It's just he's an execution president. According to the Daily Wire, Biden said he would push to eliminate federal ex executions if elected and create incentives for states to do the same. He expressed regret for the 1994 crime bill, which actually wasn't a terrible crime bill. He co-authored that, co-authored that in part expanded the types of crimes eligible for the death sentence to include offenses like kidnappings and carjackings. So I guess kidnappings and carjackings, that's a good thing. So on the move, A.G. Bill Barr said to the AP, I think the way to stop the death penalty is to repeal the death penalty. But if you ask juries to impose the death penalty and juries impose it, then it should be carried out. What? You mean Bill Barr is saying that Congress should actually do their job? He's absolutely correct, by the way. The death penalty has been around for a couple hundred years. A person should know 
If you kill a pregnant woman and stab her corpse in the abdomen to verify this fetus is dead, that is an extreme crime with special circumstances, and you could get the needle. By the way, that is a real crime committed by Lisa Montgomery, who is scheduled to be terminated before January 20th, and her execution is scheduled. According to Bill Barr, and me for that matter, the death penalty is not a moral issue. Law is not a moral issue. It's a legal issue. It is a legal punishment for really bad people. Law and morality have nothing to do with each other. And, and this is the whole thing. This is what happens when you have a lazy-ass Congress. All Congress has to do is create a law preventing it. That's all they have to do, and they won't even do that. So, good for President Trump. And I also think what's fun is that President Trump is basically saying, hey, you know what? Um, uh, I, I only have six weeks left. I might only have six weeks left, so I should do whatever I want to do. I mean, he, it, this is proof that he is going to have a smooth transition. He's already uh, pardoned uh, General Michael Flynn. Now he's writing all the executive orders he can in the next two weeks, next six weeks. I'm sure we're going to see more. I'm sure he's going to push for a peace deal in the Middle East so he can have a third or fourth peace deal in the Middle East. I don't understand why everyone's saying you're going to have to have the military, you're going to have to have the SEAL Team 6 dive into the White House to get Donald Trump out. It sounds like he's pretty much accepting where things are going to go with his presidency. But whatever. I mean, he's even saying, I'm running in 2024. He's said it. So it doesn't sound like he's going to be, we're going to be needing, you know, Green Berets, Marines, and SEAL Team 6 to get him out. I don't think it's going to happen. You know, it, this next story, this next story is just kind of fun. Um, I, I, I think politicians suck. I think they're stupid. I think they come up with some of the weirdest ass laws you could ever find in politics. Yeah, let's, let's go over a few. In Vermont, it's illegal in Vermont to prohibit clotheslines. The law forbids regula regulations that prohibit clotheslines or rather energy or other energy devices based on renewable resources. Freaking Bernie Sanders state. I, okay, that's an actual law. So it is it is illegal to outlaw clotheslines. Okay. In Tennessee, according to the Tennessee Constitution, it's illegal to hold public office if a person does any of the following. Fight a duel or knowingly be the bearer of a challenge to fight a duel or send or accept a challenge for the purpose or be an aider or a better to fighting a duel. Okay, well, that does kind of make sense because don't forget, these guys were shooting each other all the time. I mean, we already had a couple people killed, politicians killed due to dueling. Um, how about this one? This is from the state of New Jersey. If you're planning to commit a serious crime in New Jersey, this is actually a good one. I like this one. Jersey, uh, leave your bulletproof vest at home. According to the state law, it's a third degree crime to wear a body vest while, quote, engaged in a commission of or an attempt to commit or flight after committing or attempting to commit murder, manslaughter, robbery, sexual assault, burglary, kidnapping, criminal escape, or assault. So in other words... If you're going to commit a class A felony, you're going to get nailed with a class 3 felony if you wear a bulletproof vest. That is 
just I want to thank USA Today for those crazy that crazy list. Uh, it's actually on www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. If you want to look at the craziest laws in each state, that's what it came up with. It's amazing how stupid some of these laws are. The reason stupid laws, though, are created is because someone actually did something really weird that wasn't illegal. Here's a law we don't have in any state throughout the country. You need to be alive to vote. Ah, but we could be on the precipice of fixing this thing. According to the Daily Wire... Representative Brian Babin, a Republican from Texas, last week proposed a new bill, the You Must Be Alive to Vote Act. Um, it's very simple. It states, quote, to require states to obtain information on social, uh, from Social Security Administration on deaths for purposes of voter res- registration, list maintenance, and for other purposes. The right to vote is one of the most vital pillars of our democracy, the foundations of which are election integrity and confidence in our democratic processes. The ease with which someone is able to steal the ballot of a deceased person and cast an illegitimate vote should disturb, alarm, and outrage every American citizen, no matter what side of the aisle they sit on. To protect our democratic process and and Americans' faith in our elections, we must ensure that deceased individuals are not allowed to remain on the voter rolls. Um, it continues on like that. I, I'm i not sure where this law goes. I'm pretty sure it's not going to get through the House because the House are a bunch of Democrats. And, and to be honest with you, I'm not sure even if it does get passed, it doesn't get passed or does get passed, what it's actually going to do. Last I checked, if a guy is dead, if Abe Lincoln is dead and Abe Lincoln sends a ballot, the guy who filled out, I'm pretty sure Abe Lincoln didn't fill out that ballot. That ballot was probably filled out by somebody else, and that is illegal. But it just shows how stupid our country is when it comes to this stuff. It's insanity that this is even thought that this should be a law. So and I'm not sure how it's going to work. God, we are, honestly, we are getting dumber and dumber as a civilization. Western, this this American civilization. Best in, best in world history, don't get me wrong. But we're getting dumber and dumber. Do you know what's really dumb? The law could actually be declared unconstitutional by the Supreme Court. Think of it. Nowhere in the Constitution does it say you have to be alive to vote. It doesn't say it anywhere. You have to be an American citizen and you have to be over the age of 18. That's basically what it says. Isn't that weird? So if Abe Lincoln does vote, someone could actually take that to the Supreme Court and say, no, it's an irrelevant law because it does not say you have to be alive to vote. I don't know. Just think about it. But is it insane? Yeah. But that's that's where we are. God bless 2020. Now, what a lot of people don't know about me in these last few stories here, and they're, they're really fun, actually, um, is that I'm a huge astronomy guy. Now, I used to have a beautiful 8-inch telescope, and I used to go out to the deserts, and I used to look at the stars and the planets and the galaxies. I don't do that too much anymore because it's just it's, it really is a pain in the ass. Uh, setting up a telescope is an absolute nightmare. If you've never done it, give it a shot. It would usually take a good two to three hours to set up a telescope correctly. 
because I had a computer on my telescope and the telescope would actually move with whatever I'm looking. Because a lot of people don't realize this. When planets actually move, um, they move very quickly. So the moon will be there and then three minutes later that moon is completely off your, off your scope. Uh, so they have computers that actually follow the planets. The problem with a telescope setting it up is you have to make sure it is set up in the facing the exact moment. Then you have to calibrate the actual uh, stand and then you have to calibrate the scope. You have to make sure it is all working. It, it's a it's a real pain in the butt. But um, but I do still like to look at the planets. One of the things I use now are binoculars. And I don't need to look at deep space stuff because where I live in San Diego is very bright. You can't see much. But the chariots of the gods have made me pull out my... Uh, binoculars, which are huge binoculars. They're 25 by 70. I mean, they're, they're, they are space binoculars. And the tripod, and get ready to see. Now, all I needed to do is stop being overcast every night. But outside of that, there is a huge, huge event that's occurring. Um, there are 24 days left in 2020. This is from, I can't remember who, I think this is Daily Wire. There are 24 days left in 2020, so we've got, of course, we've got to have something really bizarre in 2020. This has not, this certain thing has not happened in 800 years. Jupiter and Saturn, the two largest planets in the solar system, will actually line up, creating what looks like a double planet. This has not been seen since the Middle Ages. Now, if you, you may have heard of a double star before and a no, double planet. What it is, is the planets will actually be right next to each other. And they will be extremely bright. Uh, Jupiter, right now, Jupiter sinks before. But if, if you are, let's just say in spring, if you go outside, you, and you can go anywhere from 8, 9 o'clock at night. And this is in the northern hemisphere. You go 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night, and you look up the sky, you will see a very, very, very bright star. It'll be the brightest star in the sky. That's Jupiter. You'll see another one very, very bright, very similar to um, Jupiter. That's Saturn. With a telescope, with a uh, binoculars, you can actually see, not only can you see Jupiter, not only can you see the actual dot, red dot, you can see a bunch of the moons around it. Saturn... Uh, right now, I think Saturn is, is beginning to lean a little bit, so you can actually see the ring. You can see the ring with uh, 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 binoculars. You do not need strong binoculars to see Saturn or its rings. It's really interesting, and it's really great. So this double planet thing is going to be happen. Is, will start on December 21st, 2020. It starts the winter solstice, which means we're going to have... Winter solstice means... Uh, we're going to have the darkest period in the winter. So the days will become very short. The nights will become very long. You'll wake up in the morning. It'll be dark. Uh, it'll get dark by about 4 o'clock. Um, so it starts that. So Rice University astronomer Patrick Hardigan said in a statement, quote, alignments between these two planets are rather rare, occurring every once every 20 years or so but the conjunction is exceptionally rare because of how close the planets will appear to one another you'd have to go all the way back to before 
dawn on March 4, 1226, to see a closer alignment between these objects visible in the night sky. On the evening of the closest approach, <coughs> on December 21st, they will look like a double planet, separated by only one-fifth of the diameter of the full moon. That's insane. For most telescope viewers, each planet will have several of their largest moons will be visible in the same field of viewing that evening. So here's the thing. Here's the kicker. When, if you decide, don't go sit there and buy, if you're going to buy a, a, a telescope because you actually want to see this stuff, that's great. You're going to need a filter, though. You need to make sure because um, Saturn and Jupiter are very bright planets, and they're going to look really white, and you'll be able to see them, but they, they're going to look really white, and if they're together, that's going to create actually more light. So what I'm planning to do, it's going to be at dusk, in California, we'll be able to see those. I'm not going to be able to see them for where I live because there's just too many trees, too many houses. I'm probably going to go to the beach and just kick it at the beach for a few hours. Um, go So uh, it, it'll happen between the 21st and I believe it's the 26th. So you don't need binoculars. Just go out and take a look at it. When you see the two, two really bright stars right next to each other, just know those are Jupiter and Saturn. And here's something that's really interesting. Over the last couple of months, um, two triangular-shaped monoliths, each about 10 feet high and 200 pounds, have been found in the woods of Utah and on Pine Mountain in California. The one in Utah was first found uh, was first found um, by a couple of hikers and no one knows how it got there. And there were no clues what it was meant, what, what it's meant to be or what's its purpose. The police did take a look at it. They did a little bit of an investigation, but it's not exactly, you know, major crime or anything. So they just kind of looked at it and said, okay, it is what it is. Uh, a few days ago, and it's been there for about two weeks. A few days ago, it just disappeared. In its place was left a profane message. Shockingly, a witness said they saw four men grab it and drag it off. Um, the other ended up located on top of Pine Mountain, California. The Atascadero News reported, reported quote, The object was welded together at each corner with rivets attaching the side panels to a likely steel frame inside. The top of the monument did not show any weld marks, and it appears to be hollow at the top and possibly bottom. The city of Atascadero was made aware of the object, and there is no current information about the future of the monument. Uh, being the obelisk is hundreds of, of pounds, about 200, and not attached to the ground. It is possible to fall if pushed. So, um... Yeah, these are jokes. I'm, I, what, I, I really doubt these are alien artifacts, even though a lot of people were pushing this in Utah. The one in California, no, it looks like some kid built it in their garage. I'm pretty sure E.T. wouldn't need to weld anything together or use rivets to keep it together. And I also know that E.T. is kind of a caring guy and wouldn't want a, his space antenna to land on Elliot because he decided to lean on it. So I'm pretty sure that this was dropped off by a couple of guys. But people love this stuff, and they love the mystery. And that brings us to our last story. Now, this story is interesting because just two weeks ago, my father and I had a discussion. 
Now, I love the mysteries of the world. I love ghost stories. I love, um, I love UFOs. I love like Bigfoot, things like that. I don't believe any of that stuff actually exists. I believe everything can be explained. But my father sat there and said, oh, no, there are aliens. There are absolutely aliens. And I, I told him, well, Dad, I, I, uh, there are UFOs, but a UFO is an unidentified flying object. You could see a bird, not know what it is, and consider that a UFO. Likewise, we live in California. In Lancaster, they've got so many military bases, they do test flights of rockets all the time. Those are called UFOs. In Area 51, where they built the stealth bomber, the stealth fighter... These planes were flying around all through the desert and people were calling them UFOs until we found out that was actually the military building things. And he came out with another argument, which is a good argument. What about the technology, right? What about the technology? And he's right. For example, where do we come up with that stealth technology? Um, microprocessors, where did they come from? We were never using microprocessors and suddenly microprocessors processors came about. Uh, communication systems... Um, for example, um, uh, using light to communicate. I can't remember what it's called. Fiber optics. This is something that it just came out of nowhere. So, I mean, that's, that's a decent argument. I don't buy it, but I mean, it's a decent argument. Maybe something or I, I don't know. So, according to Daily Wire... Retired Israeli general and current professor Haim Ashed told the newspaper in Israel that not only are aliens real, but the United States and Israel governments have been working with them, and President Tr Donald Trump has recently on the verge of confirming their existence. Ashed, who retired in 2011 as the head of Defense Ministry Space Division, quote, served as the head of Israeli space program for nearly 30 years and is a three-time recipient of the Israeli Security Award, end quote. The Jerusalem Post reported, he explained that Israel and the U.S. have both been dealing with aliens for years. Ashed reportedly told, I don't know, I guess this is, a, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce this, I guess it's a newspaper. The UFOs have Asked not the UFOs have asked not to publish that they are here. Humanity is not ready yet. Trump was on the verge of revealing, but the aliens in the Galactic Federation are saying, <laughs> "Sorry, uh, wait. Let people calm down first. They don't want. They don't want to start mass hysteria. They want to first make us sane and understanding." I mean, wow, just wow. Um, this guy is 87 years old and his statements, he presented no evidence, which, yeah, you know, he says the aliens said, don't present evidence. And this does come, uh, a few months after, uh, Trump did declassify some documents that discussed unidentified flying objects or UFOs. Trump was asked about UFOs by Fox News. Uh, one of the guys who's really big on UFOs on Fox News is Tucker Carlson. And he does believe they exist. So, well, I mean, UFOs do exist, but he believes in alien life forms. He believes there's a very, very heavy possibility. So anyway, Trump said, Trump said, uh, well, quote, well, I'm going to have to check on that. I mean, I've heard that. I heard that two days ago. So I'll check on that. I'll take a good, strong look at that. I will tell you this. We have created a military. This is important. I will tell you this, we have created a military the likes which 
we've never had seen in terms of equipment. The equipment that we have, the weapons that we have, and hopefully, hope to God, we never have to use them. What I get out of this is that uh, Trump is basically saying that a lot of technology and what people are probably seeing is our new defense technology. That I can believe more than anything else. Some other politicians are concerned about UFOs, but not because the little green men could pull an Independence Day on us. They're more concerned about the technology could be from a foreign country and that our national security could be at risk because they are um, spying on us. I, I gotta say, yeah, I kind of believe that too. Um, what do we get out of this? We probably don't have to worry about like War of the Worlds kind of stuff happening. If aliens really wanted to have anything to do with us, aliens are probably already here. If there are aliens, they probably look a lot like us. I mean, that's that whole Chariots of the Gods, Space Odyssey 2001 stuff. Um, it could it could be true, but uh, we'll have to, we'll have to see. I mean, I, I I find it hard to believe that you know these spacecraft always end up you know over Hokenboke, Tennessee or Missouri, and you know if they don't if they have that kind of technology, they can go hundreds of light years or thousands of light years from their home planet to our planet. Um, why would they hide from us? Obviously, we're not going to be a real threat to them. So I don't know if I buy any of that stuff. But I thought these were kind of complimentary stories since uh, I decided to talk a little bit about astronomy. Anyway, you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can follow me at Patreon at Dumbasses Talking Politics. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, and YouTube. Visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. You folks have a great evening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.